welcome back to the Magic Fandom Podcast. I am Alyssa. I am someone. I'm just kidding. This is take two. <laughs> <laughs> I'm Dalton. Um, I guess we're being weird today. Um, we are talking about Chitty Chitty Bang Bang today, one of the um, classic films from our childhood. I don't know about you guys. Um, yes, and this was just a completely random uh, podcast. This like we literally got done watching this movie an hour ago, two hours ago. Yeah, we just decided to do a one-off episode on this because we both. I mean, you grew up watching it, didn't you? Oh my gosh, I used to love watching Chitty Chitty Bang. Same. I would watch it constantly. We would watch it all the time. I I, I would venture to say we probably this was probably one of the ones. I, I know my mom would probably say we watch Sound of Music a lot, but I feel like we watch this even more. Really? Yeah, we watch this a lot. Yeah, this one, I mean, we also watch Sound of Music a ton, but this one I remember watching constantly. And which brings me to my first point. When I was a child, I had no idea how long of a film this was. Oh my gosh. Watching yes. it now as an adult, I'm like, this is the longest film of all time. Of all time. This is, it, it's really not though. We've it's seen, not. We've it's definitely just, seen longer movies. But it's so long, it's, and it's got so much packed into it. It's like 10 movies in one movie. It's honestly, it's only like an hour, or no, I'm sorry, uh, 142 minutes. Yeah. It's like two hours. Yeah, but still, it just feels... Two, two hours, 20? It feels so long. Because, I mean, we talked about this when we were watching it. The intro, or like we pointed out, it's more the overture, because it plays... Every single song that we're going to hear later on, it's like a true musical. Like you're sitting down, you know, watching something, something on stage. This is something else that we got contested with right when we started this film. Because I made the extremely controversial statement, <laughs> at least in this household, that this wasn't a musical. That guys. This was just a movie that had musical elements to it. Guys. Please write in and tell me that you're on my side with this because how is Chitty Chitty Bang Bang not considered a musical? Here, here's my point. To me, a musical, and I tried to explain this to you, and we're going to get in a fight again while we're recording We did this. not get into a fight. We just disagreed. A musical is the plot is moved forward with, by the music. The music is what pro projects the plot forward. Okay, so it helps tell the story. It tells the story. Like, think of it like Hamilton. The entire story is in song. Right. The whole thing is progressed by the music. Right. This film, you could take out all the musical elements to it, and it would still be a reasonably, like, you could, it was, it, it would be a movie with a plot. It has a plot outside of the music. I definitely. And so that's what I meant when I said that it wasn't a musical because I feel like a musical, the the plot is progressed by the music, not accentuated by the music. I definitely understand your point, and it makes sense for sure. But you could say that about a ton of di of other musicals. You could take the music out of some musicals, and the story would still make then sense. Then I would say that those aren't musicals. That's that's the yeah, point but... of my my thought process. Okay, here. but also. My my arguments were a couple a, a couple things. We'll get into this in a minute, but the Sherman brothers wrote the music for this. Um, Richard and Robert Sherman also wrote Mary Poppins, which came first. Mary Poppins came in 1964. This was 68, mm -hmm. I think. Um, so they wrote the the music and lyrics for all of these songs. There's uh, giant dance numbers in it. Dick Van Dyke, 
enough said. And um, if, if this yes. was produced on a stage, which it has been produced on a stage, it would be billed as a musical. It would not be billed as a play with and music. Not, I am I am perfectly okay with the theater community coming at me for this. <laughs> I don't know that we're like that. I, I'm not like angry or offended by it. I'm just saying like it's insane to me that you don't think this is a musical with all of the musical elements that are in it. That's all I'm saying. All right. Uh, <laughs> moving right along. <laughs> moving right along. So this is a, a, a film. It came out in 1968. Mm-hmm. So Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was actually a, a book first. It was written by Ian Fleming. Now, do you know who that is? I don't. Uh, so Ian Fleming also wrote all the James Bonds. Okay. Like he wrote James Bond and created James Bond. Okay. He almost all of his books were James Bond books. He wrote one nonfiction work and I think two children's books. This being one of them. Okay. Um, he wrote this in nineteen or this came this book came out in nineteen sixty four. Between the the James Bond books, you only live twice, and the man with the golden gun. Wait, the book came out in nineteen sixty four, and the movie was released in sixty eight. Sixty eight, yeah. It took, I mean, four years. That's not long at all for a movie to be I feel made? like no, no. especially back then um but it was also ian fleming they were also doing james bond movies at that time yeah. as well and yeah it's like oh are you kidding me all of his other books have made so much money and been so popular why not do one like right this right. is a children's book so it's a wider audience because you know the james bond are typically and oh that would be a good series to do we should do james, the james bond. bond movies yeah maybe around thanksgiving because for some reason they always show that's All the weird. James Bond movies around Thanksgiving. Yeah, it's serious. Like, I remember uh, around Thanksgiving. We're going off on tangents here, people. Uh, <laughs> it's I one of those days. Thanksgiving, we would go over to my aunt and uncle's house, and all the women folk would go shopping on Black Friday. Yeah. Uh, and all or thir- Thursday and Black Friday, um, and then all the guys we, we would watch uh, the James Bond marathon. So it was like all the. So it was men, like a Thanksgiving thing. Yeah. All the men would watch. We would just watch James Bond movies all day. Also, women folk, lol. Um, you yeah, know, <laughs> what's wrong with that? Yeah, I don't men know. Men folk and women folk, people folk, person folk. It just sounds weird to me. I don't know. Anyway, so okay, so this movie was 1968, but it was set in 1908. I think. Is that really, At least, really? well, okay, so wondering. the intro, and we're going to talk about this intro for a minute because, uh, y'all, it's like seven and a half minutes long is just the intro to this film. And Very it kind of. Too because it, it really only sets up the car. Exactly. That's what I'm saying is that, like, it's so much of a lead up to just, like, introduce us to this car. Um, it talks about like the car's previous life in like the racing circuit back then. And so there was a banner that's like so-and-so world racing cup, 1908. So the intro, yeah. So the intro is 1908. I don't know the in-between time. You have to assume if the first one, because they said the car, uh, Mr. Goggins or Coggins. Coggins. Mr. Coggins. The guy that has the car in here on his property. Mm -hmm. Uh, he said that it won the Grand Prix three years running. So if okay. it was 1908, was the first year it ran, you then you would have to think uh, it would be you know, what, 1911 when it crashed right. and burned, which means it couldn't have been too long after that. So maybe around, you know, 19... Well, it said the banner... The, the thing where it crashed, the, it was 1908. Oh, the year it crashed was 1908. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because that's so when this, the banner was up. 
a year or two. So this is all happening right before World War One started. In the yeah. Mm-hmm. So um, I thought that was kind of cool that it's like it was made in the 60s, but it's set in the early 1900s. The early 1900s, yeah. And it was set in England. You don't really find mm-hmm. that out. Uh, until later in the movie. Yeah. Um, and can we talk about how... talking in a British accent. Except, except for Dick, da- Dick Van Dyke. <laughs> except Dick Van Dyke. He's, he's like, I can't be bothered with this. He's like, I'm Dick Van Dyke. I'm just going to talk the way I talk and everyone's going to love me. And he was right. <laughs> I mean, obviously. <laughs> um, okay, so yes, yeah, so we said the intro was seven minutes long forever and ever and ever. And when I was a kid, I don't know if we like fast forwarded it or maybe I just like repressed that intro because as an adult, I'm sitting here being like, how did young oh me I, sit through this? You know what I, I mean? hundred percent, 100% would fast forward through the intro, the intro. Right. And like, I get it musically. It's cool because I always, you know, I love a good overture. I'm a, I'm a musical theater person. So introducing everybody to all the songs and being like, this William, is what you're going to hear yeah. is very classic. Overtures are good. William Tell probably had the best. <laughs> Okay, but it happens in a lot of these like older movie musicals that happened in Annie. Oh um, yes. it happened in uh, didn't it didn't Sound of Music do it? Sound of Music, um what other uh I believe My Fair Lady did, yeah. Dolly did, all of those had long, grand, long overtures. Long overtures. And these elaborate opening sequences mm-hmm. that really only gave you the titles. That's something you don't see a lot today is that you don't have these really long opening title sequences. That's very they true. They save that for the end. Yeah, that's very true. It's a, um, it was kind of a tradition of like movie musicals and movies in general back then um, did that a lot. Um, but yes, so uh, music and lyrics by the Sherman Brothers. I think, and tell me your opinion on this, um, it has very, like, Sherman Brothers have a very specific kind of uh, writing style and musical style. And so to compare these songs to the songs from Mary Poppins, I feel like they're kind of, they, they're they the same vibe to me. Definitely are the same vibe. They right? definitely have, the, I mean, all of their things have similar musical styles. Yeah. And that's because, I mean, obviously, musicians have a distinct style. Yeah. Let me mention real quick that the screenplay for this was written by Road Dahl. Oh. And Ken Hughes. Okay, I didn't realize that Roald Dahl had a um, ha- had a part in this. Roald Dahl uh, uh, wrote Willy Wonka and James mm-hmm. and the Giant Peach, and and he helped adapt this for film. Okay, cool. I, that uh, that doesn't really surprise me. I feel like it's uh, it's kind of a Roald Dahl esque kind of style, you know. Um, okay, so I have a question for you. Are you ready for it? I'm ready for it. Um, so the dance numbers in this film to me are iconic. I, um, I'm obsessed with all of the, the elaborate, uh, choreography and dance numbers. Yes. I, you said multiple times throughout watching this today that like just the dancing and and singing and just everything in general about it's so good. The production quality is just great. Um, do you have a favorite song or dance number if they're different, but do you have Um, like a song that you like the best? I think I'm going to have to say Old Bamboo. <gasps> yes. That one is probably, however, and I will mention this later, so uh, I will say there's another song that I'll bring up when we get to it. Okay. That, that 
has stuck with me for a long time. So it <laughs> might be that one. So it's either between the old bamboo or the one. Okay. We'll talk about so you day. like old bamboo song wise or, or the and scene, dance. the whole choreography sequence. It's so good. Of, first off, Dick Van Dyke being a uh, half account behind everybody yes. or a whole count behind everybody else at the, at the beginning. Yeah. At the beginning of the number, he, the whole story is he jumps in to in this dance number. Know. Yeah. I mean, there are some people that might not have seen Chitty Chitty Bang Bang, which is fine. Came out in 1968. So obviously spoilers. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't have, even know if we could call them spoilers at this that, point. 60 something years. <laughs> Um, so anyway, there's something, something happens at this carnival and he has to get away from this angry customer. And so he goes to hide, um, amongst this dance group, uh, that are dancing with bamboo sticks. And it's this big, huge, elaborate dance number. And he doesn't know what's happening in the dance number. He just is trying to figure it out as he goes along. So the whole like first half of the dance, he's like Dalton said, he's like a full count behind everybody else. And as a dancer, as a performer, that must have been so hard for him to be like, I have to be behind the rest of these 20 dancers and make it look purposeful. And he I did would, a really good job. I would just think that you would learn all of your parts separate from everybody else. Mm-hmm. So in your mind, you're doing all the steps right. And so when and you're, you're just not ready looking. to film it, you put everybody together and you just do your moves when you know you're supposed to do yeah. them, and that's how it mens- meshes together. Yeah, I mean, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, I, quickly, to start talking about the beginning of the film. Yeah. After the intense opening sequence, you see the two kids mm-hmm. that are the main characters in this film. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Van Dyke's children. Yeah. You see them in the ratted out, burnt up carcass of, of the car, the yeah. car that will become Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Mm-hmm. If you haven't figured out at this point, first off, stop listening to us and go watch this movie. It's a great movie. It's great. I feel like it holds up. I mean, if you have like 17 hours, I'm just kidding. If you have like two-ish two hours, hours and 20 minutes, <laughs> then definitely sit and watch this. Um, I will say that it does get slow at points. There are slow parts and there are definitely parts that Looking back on it now, I'm like, you could have probably cut this six-minute segment out. Oh, if we... That six-minute segment and this six-minute segment, yes. it would have been, you know, 20 minutes shorter. 100%. If we were the editors of this film, there there would be some cuts. There would be some cuts. <laughs> anyway, they the car is th- being threatened to be sold to the junk man who is threatening to melt it down. And the kids have been playing on it for a long time and love it. Mm-hmm. And they were told that if they can bring back 30, what, 30 shillings, mm-hmm. but he says quid, doesn't he? No, I think it's shillings. Does he say shillings? Mm-hmm. I think so. Okay. Cause I thought there was like one time he said quid and one time he said shilling. I was like, is there a difference? Yeah, what I, don't is know. It? I don't know. I'm not a, a, learned in the currency of England. Yeah, I'm not sure. Um, especially during this time frame. So. Let us know. Anyway, 30 shillings, I guess. And they run off to tell their dad. Yeah. Um, almost get run over by yes. the aptly named Truly Scrumptious. McQueen. My queen. I love her. It's a wonderful name. I have loved her since I was little. I've, I've thought that she was a princess. When I was little, I was like, Very she's beautiful. beautiful car. Um, yes. Beautiful dress. Oh, uh, yes. Uh, All her dresses are dress. great. Um, yeah. Anyway, they almost get run over. They almost get run over. Uh, that's how you're introduced to Truly Scrumptious. 
very interesting name. I don't know how one gets that name. I mm. feel like that's a name that takes a lot to live up to. Yeah. That's asking a lot of, especially a child, we're going to name you Truly Scrumptious, okay? That's, a, that's asking a lot of me. It, I mean, it's true. It's true. Um, so anyway, the kids get back to their house. Mm-hmm. There's a confrontation between the Truly Scrumptious and Dick Van Dyke's character who right. learned his name. Another very interesting name. Yes. Would you like to? Caractacus Potts. Yes. Or as one of the villi- the villains call him later, Caractacus Potts. <laughs> um, so we meet him. They have a, a, a brief exchange. You mm-hmm. meet the grandfather, yes. which is Caractacus uh, Potts' father. Right. Um, Eccentric-seeming old man. Um, yeah, not not all there, but very lovable. Yes. You know. And then I want to get to what I know I have brought up in a past podcast. I believe it was the Back to the Future podcast. Okay. When I brought up the Rube Goldberg machine yes. that Doc Brown has in his house. Yes. And I mentioned how there was also one in this movie. That you Dick did. Van Dyke built. And you also did. Rick Moranis in Honey, Honey I Shrunk the Kids. Kids. Yes. And uh, Pee Wee's Playhouse. Uh, Pee-wee's Big Adventure. He has one. I mean, all these eccentric people. Like I said, eccentric crackpot inventors have to have some type of Rube Goldberg machine in the film. Yeah, it's the law. And this one is probably the first one of its kind that I ever saw. Yeah. And it instantly became really fascinating to me that this, like, seemingly simple pieces but make this elaborate contraption. Yeah. And so I remember seeing this as a kid, and was like, oh my gosh, I want to make one of those. I never did. <laughs> it takes a lot of effort. Um, I've watched people make these. It's a lot of effort to make one of these that work yeah. and work repeatedly. I mean, just ask Caractacus, because he had yes, some issues with he his. he had some issues with his. They were just trying to make breakfast, you know? So the, the main point I want to bring up is the kids tell, uh, I'm just, I'm going to call him Mr. Potts. That's fine. Or Professor Potts. Mr. Potts. Uh, they, they tell Mr. Potts that uh, he has to take 30 shilling right. to Mr. Coggins, Mr. Coggins uh, in the morning. Correct. By tomorrow morning. This is where we get into where I'm going to start talking about all the things that I see that they have messed up on. <laughs> okay. Um, and I'm going to call them out. Um <laughs> It fast forwards to the next day. Yeah. Where are they? They are not bringing 30 shillings to Mr. Coggins. No, they're at the scrumptious factory. They are going into town to take these sweets that this guy invented, Mr. Potts, mm-hmm. uh, to this candy factory to try to sell it. So you're saying that they the next morning... Yeah. They, they are meant to be going to Coggins, but they are going to this factory, so the timeline does not add up. Is the timeline does not add up. They, they said that they had to be there the next morning. Yeah. They completely disregard that, and the next morning they go to try to sell their sweets. Right. So, that then leads to the long sequence. He doesn't actually get the money for the thing until the next day. Yeah, because the carnival is at night. The carnival is the night after the Toot Sweets thing in the morning. Right. But real quick, let's talk about Toot Sweets. 
Yes. Okay. So I ask you my, or I ask you your favorite song and dance number. Um, my favorite is absolutely Toot Sweets because I don't know, I don't know what it is about it. And watching it today gave me the same feeling. It just like, it's one of those things that it just makes you feel good. Like as a musical theater person, if you watch a really, really good dance number, that's vocally strong and the choreography is great and it's a big, huge ensemble number. I'm a sucker for those. And so Toot Sweets is my favorite. Um, the ensemble is killing it. The like all oh of the gosh. factory dancers. All, all of the factory dancers, at least the men, they all look the exact same. They all have the same haircut. They all have the exact same mustache. That's true. It's ridiculous. They and do. So before these, that scene starts, before the Toot Sweets song starts, the classic, everybody knows that. Yeah. You meet... What you find out to be truly scrumptious's father. Correct. Lord Scrumptious. Lord Scrumptious. He <laughs> is a lord. He is referred to as your lordship multiple times yes. and lord multiple times in the sequence that he is in. Can I just say? His name is Lord Scrumptious. Can I? <laughs> How does that happen? How, as the aristocracy of England at the time, how do you have this gentleman named scrumptious and he applies for the lordship and you'd be like okay yeah sure Uh like you gotta step back and be like why what lord scrumptious and by the way lord scrumptious to me sounds like a character from Candyland. exactly right or (laughs) or wreck it ralph (gasps) yes lord scrumptious that's amazing that's amazing yeah it's it's crazy it's like his his lordship isn't seeing anyone today it's like hello he he is a lord? I guess if I was a lord, I would just make everybody call me that as well. Lord Scrumptious? That's well, what... no. Just lord. Oh, I just I would lord. not make them call me Lord Scrumptious. Oh. That would be weird. <laughs> I was like, that's an interesting choice, honey. My name is Lord Dalton, but you must call me Lord Scrumptious. <laughs> I'd be like, sir, no. That no. That is inappropriate. That sounds very weird Where's to me. Where's our HR department? <laughs> Anyway, so yes, from a dance standpoint, Toot Sweets is awesome. And I love I, the, I wrote down that Toot Sweets is a banger. It's great. Yeah, musically it's awesome too. But but dance wise, I love like the spinning around on the carts and the kicking of the feet and like all of the all the ladies oh in their yeah. dresses. It, yes. Like it's, it, it's just an so awesome good. dance sequence. And unfortunately, so all the whistling of the, the Toot Sweets, because it's a candy that you can whistle. Yes. And that you can play as a flute right uh that savory fife that's sweet of your life (laughs) that savory fife that's sweet of your life um it attracts what i'm assuming is every dog within a 10 square mile radius all the dogs dogs show up yeah um so that was and during the sequence where all the dogs are rushing the candy floor i can't i didn't write down the timestamp. i do want to point out that when you're watching that sequence when you're seeing all the dogs uh, it happens right after the close-up of the dogs running down the stairs, mm-hmm. and then it pans back out. Oops, sorry. Uh, pans back out to the wide shot of the whole room. Mm-hmm. A dog comes flying <laughs> off of that top balcony. Yeah. Down to the ground. Way in the background. Way in the background. I don't know if it survived. I have not. <laughs> like I said, we literally watched this maybe an hour, hour and a half ago at this point. And we rewound that part. And we rewound that part just to verify that it wasn't somebody else, a, a person falling. It wasn't something else. It was a dog flying off of the balcony. Literally Whether or not it survived, I have no idea. He was like, 
Dalton was like, a dog just fell from the ceiling. I was like, what? We had to rewind it. And sure enough, yeah, there was a dog. Somebody, it looked like somebody had just tossed that poor dog. It did look like somebody had tossed the dog. And that just, it was a different time back then. There were different uh, filming. This was before the disclaimer, no animals were harmed during the making of this film. I mean, that was back when they didn't care if animals were harmed. Dog, dog equity film. laws were were non-existent in 1968, apparently. Or maybe the dogs were just sturdier and could handle more. Maybe. And they were like, no, this dog was like, no, I totally can jump off. Craziness. And you would think, because I thought this watching it too, like all, the whole scene with the dogs going crazy with the whistles and all that stuff seemingly at the time feels irrelevant to what's going on. And I'm like, why did they spend so much time with like 50 million dogs coming in and ruining the factory and blah, 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 blah. But that's what but it, was. There's, it was. There's a payoff at the very end moment. of the movie yeah. to be like, oh, we're going to give you this money for these um, toot sweets because they're going to be four dogs. Yeah, dogs it's going to be a dog them. candy. Dogs so are... there is a payoff there. But at first I was like, why? Why, why so many dogs? Why so many dogs? Which brings me to my next point. I think we touched on this for a second. About how there are some sequences that we would have liked to edit down. Yes. Uh, which, was that one of them? The dog sequence? No, 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 no. Are you but, talking about what I'm about to talk about? Well, there's, I, I wrote a couple down. Well, there's obviously the intro that needs to be cut, in my opinion. Not cut, but cut down. Edited yes, down. Yes, could have been edited down. Correct. Um, Seven and a half minutes is a long time. It's a long time. Um, and the second one that I have written down is the whole sequence where Mr. Potts is fixing the car up. He has bought the car. Oh, you did mention this. from the um, from Mr. Coggins. He Wait, bought well, it. let's talk about how he got the money for the car. We did for a second. We just didn't well, say. Well, yeah, but the what I would cut out comes before that. So okay, the sequence where they go back to the house. It's nighttime after the toot sweets incident, mm-hmm. and he's putting the kids to bed, and he sings the first song that I think could have just been completely cut out, <laughs> uh, "Hushabye Mountain." Dalton hates this song, you guys. No, no, I don't hate this song. (laughs) What I said was that this song is great, that I like this song, Mm -hmm. out of the context of this movie. Gotcha. If it was not in this movie, it it would not have added anything or taken anything away. Yeah. Except for the fact that they reprise it later in the movie. Yeah. Which they also could have cut that out. It slows down the plot for sure. It, it well, it just slows down the movie. It's a it's a four minute slow song, which is a great song. Don't yeah. get me wrong. It was a, it's a it's called Hush It by Mountain. It's a lullaby essentially. Yeah, it's, it's beautiful. It's beautiful. You even mentions like, hey, when we have kids, I want to sing this too. Yeah. To our kids. I get that. I would totally be down with that. Take it out of this. Movie. <laughs> I yeah, I agree. I agree with you. So after he does that, he realizes that he needs to go make some money to get. The car for the kids. Right. Because um, he's a good father and cares about his kids. Never a mother mentioned, was there? No, I don't think so. I don't think it's ever mentioned where Never the mom mentioned. is. But you have to assume that the mom is British. Yeah, it has to be because the kids are British and the grandfather's British. But, but skipped a generation. Not, I guess, yeah, <laughs> skipped a generation. Um, and so we go to the carnival scene where... The old bamboo song is portrayed, and right. that's what that's where he goes and, and he gets in on this performance, mm-hmm. trying to hide from a guy he messed up his hair right. with his automatic hair cutting machine. Right now, when you cut to the opening sequence of this carnival, you see a merry-go-round mm-hmm. or a carousel. Yeah, uh, typical of most carnivals or fairs or 
malls now. Yeah. I mean, you can go to the Mall of Georgia here and and see ride a carousel inside. Mm-hmm. This carousel was whipping. Yeah, it, it was so fast. It had to be going 35 miles an hour. It was spinning. I'm yeah. like, what kind of world is 1908 that they have merry-go-rounds that go 30 miles an hour? Yeah, with like horsepower. Like it's, it was yes. really, really fast. It was very fast. Um, so yeah, so he does that dance with the old bamboo guys and he gets the money for the car. Yes. Um, cut to him fixing it up. Yes. He's fixing up this car. In my opinion, this, it's not technically a montage cause there's like scenes in between of like the kids being like, when, where's daddy? Where's, when is he going to be ready? Da, 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 da. But it's like, it just goes on for so long of him, like getting different parts from the house to go and add to the car and being in the garage and fixing up the car. And it's just like. So, so, so unnecessarily long yeah, to where it could have been. A, probably a, another, you know, maybe six or seven minute segment that yes. could have been cut in half. Probably. It could have been cut down to one scene where it's like, oh, you know, daddy's fixing the car. And or then a there's like montage. a montage. Yeah. Or like a fade out and a fade back in of being like, it's finished. And then they'll just continue. Like they didn't have to spend that much time on it. So that's definitely one that I would edit down for sure. Um, there was one other one that I didn't write down and I can't remember what, oh, okay. I'm skipping ahead. So we'll go, we'll go backwards in a second, but I love, I love truly. She went again, when I was growing up, I loved her. I idolized her. I I still think that she's beautiful. She's, she's great. I know where you're going. Um, but her solo in like the final act of the film Mm -hmm. is not needed. Running through uh, her backyard, yeah. assumingly mm-hmm. swinging on a swinging. swing, walking across a beautiful wrought iron bridge. Yes, like. the cinematography beautiful. The location gorgeous. The song, I'm sorry, Richard and Robert. You guys are brilliant and and awesome. And this song is really really beautiful and like kind of sad, and I get it. But it just kind of it was like the movie is already almost over, so I'm like, why are you bringing this into it it just kind of uh put a stop like a like a screeching halt to the plot for me i don't know i I don't want it to feel like we're tearing this movie apart because it's classic and we love it and we will always love it we just uh would like to make some edits that's all (laughs) (laughs) yeah um but anyway speed things up a little bit yeah just just keep it moving just keep it moving and so one of my notes i had speaking of which is that it? I didn't realize that it takes forever to f- for, like, f- for the story to happen. Yes. What I mean by that is yes. that like the carnival happens and the um all of this stuff. They go to the beach. It's all building to something. It's all building to something. It takes forever to be built there, and then it starts when Dick Van Dyke's character is telling a story to to his kids after their picnic. They're like, "Tell us a story," and he starts the story. And then that's when the car becomes a boat and eventually the car flies and goes through all of these different lands and well, all that, of this that's stuff. That's I want to talk about real quick. Yeah. The car driving sequences. Um, there are a few points where you could tell it's on a trailer because the background is, it, the car is so much higher. Mm-hmm. Or at least it was filmed in, with, in front of a rolling screen, you know, like they used to do where there's like a rolling yeah, screen. Yeah, right yeah, yeah. Well, there are some sequences where you actually do see it driving. And so it's like there's a chase car with the camera off the back of it. Mm, mm-hmm. And you can tell just how far advancements in camera stabilization technology is mm-hmm. has come. 
because when they're following this car, you can see the camera is just bouncing. Yeah. Everything is bouncing. Yeah. You can say, it's like, oh, we just hit a bump. Yeah. Oh, we're going across cobblestones now. Yeah, that's like, true. You can just tell that's where true. all of those um, old technologies fail, For sure. For sure. And then they get it to, I mean, it drives and then it, then it develops a raft and goes through the water. And then eventually it develops wings and is going to fly in the air. Yes, um, when they when they capture the the story tells about a Bavarian, uh, or is it Bulgarian? Yeah, so it's a made up. It's a made up. So I country. always thought it was Bulgarian. Me too. Until this actually past time we watched it just yeah. a few hours ago. When um, so what happens is in the story that Mister Potts is telling Bavarian like king pirate person mm-hmm. essentially kidnaps grandpa baron bombburst baron bombburst yeah um which i actually looked up bulgaria didn't have barons oh well this is vulgar well that's what I'm, I'm, I'm saying uh it, later i always thought like oh i don't think Bul- bulgaria had barons they actually had czars emperors uh Let's see, what else do they have? They had czars, emperors, and cons. Mm, okay. Um, and now they have a president. So they never had a baron leader. Interesting. So yes, when they when they, they follow this Zeppelin that kidnapped Grandpa, mm-hmm. which is a great song, The Posh Life that he sings, <laughs> while, yeah. while he's being uh, kidnapped... He gets a number. He gets a number, and it's the posh life that he sings, and, and he's yes. being dunked underwater. That's mm-hmm. ridiculous. He is. He's a great character actor. Has mutton chops. He's like, so good. He's so good. He's just hilarious in his little in his like weird eccentric ways. Yes. He's just so funny. Um. So yeah, they're they're dunking him under the water, and he's like getting like up to his chest in the water <laughs> in this little outhouse looking shack. Uh, it's crazy. It's ridiculous. Yeah. But then they, they fly, and when they land in what we assume is a Bulgaria, yes. you see on the Zeppelin, they have the the staircase that leads up so you can climb down. Mm-hmm. It actually says Bulg Air, like B-U-L-G-Air, like it was like the airline. Yeah, thing. yeah. So that's what made me, I saw that, this watch, and that's was like, really wait, funny. Is, has it been Bulgaria this whole time? Am I just a, a, a dummy? <laughs> that's really funny. Um, okay, so this this is this is the time where I confess something to you that I have never actually confessed out loud about this film. Oh, interesting. Are you okay, ready? I'm ready. <laughs> so I am not proud of the amount of time it took for me to realize that like eighty percent of this film is not real. Like it's happening within Dick Van Dyke's story. Yes. You know what I mean? Yes. Like that's even, something that you don't even realize until towards the end of yeah, the movie. Yeah. Because this the, the transition is so seamless. He's yeah, talking the, about the story and Baron Bombers and all of this craziness. And then he says, because kids, while we've been sitting here talking, there's water has come has, around. Has da, 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 da. surrounded our car. Yeah. We can't move. And so it seems real. It seems very, very real. And so as a kid, I always thought it was real. And it took me an embarrassingly long time. Like I'm talking like, I was probably an adult watching it for the for the first time as an adult, however many years that was ago. And I was like, oh my gosh, it's in the story that he's telling his kids none yeah. of this is actually happening. None of this <laughs> is just, actually happening. But it's like you said, it it's so seamless that it doesn't even seem like it is. And it and it even like towards the end, 
because I wrote the car starts flying away at the end and they're waving at it. So does it yeah. actually fly? Yes. Like, where is the crossover? Did we go back into a story that's being told? Right. Or what? Like, 100%. It, it is a little confusing. And if the car actually does fly, um, Caractacus like Potts is a better inventor than we gave him credit for in the entire absolutely. film. Absolutely. Well, how is he not rich? <laughs> yeah. And that's the thing. They're supposed to be poor, but they have a really cool looking house. Mm-hmm. They have a windmill. Yeah. And quote unquote laboratory mm-hmm. on their property. Their how their their house is on top of a hill with gorgeous landscape all around. They call it the castle. They call it the cat. Like if that's poor, sign me sign, up. Yeah, sign me up. That sounds great. The house I always even Granted, when I was a kid, I was they like, did this have is cool. dirty clothes. They probably didn't bathe a whole lot. Right. They may have not had a lot of things that they also needed. But right. as far as having a shelter. And having pretty things to look at, they got it. Yeah, yeah. Not that that's what life's all about. No, but but still, um, I <laughs> so the castle, Baron Bomber's castle. Yes, is a real castle. Okay, it's, I'm gonna butcher this. It's Neuschwanstein. Neuschwanstein castle. New New Neuschwanstein. 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 I have no idea. Guys. Castle. It's the palace in, I'm going to butcher this as well, Schwang, Schwangau, Germany. Okay. Um, that It was built a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And they actually filmed there? That's where they filmed. Yeah, cool. that was the this castle that was used. That's what I was going to ask if you saw anything about where they filmed. Was uh, everything filmed in Germany? Was it like England too? Um, like, I assume there was probably mixes of various things mm-hmm. as it was back in that day. Yeah. Um, the castle is also famously, it was the model for Sleeping Beauty's castle <gasps> at Disneyland. What? And, the same one? Yeah. And the symbol of the Disney television program, the magical world of Disney, um, and the Walt Disney Pictures studio logo. So literally the tattoo that's on my wrist. The tattoo that's on your wrist right now is essentially Neuschwanstein castle. Guys. That is so cool. That's so cool to know. I knew that I knew that Sleeping Beauty's castle in Disneyland was based off of a real castle. I just didn't realize it was this one. Yep. This that is, is so this cool. Is um, and let me see if I can pull up a picture for it. I'm, I'm sure I probably can. Um, it's modeled after, so it's not exactly right. But this is what it was taken. Oh off my of. gosh! Uh, I, I know you guys can't see it. Um, we're looking at it right now. Oh, I can totally see the inspiration for yeah, it. That's so it cool. Is, if you guys want to look this up, it's the Neuschwanstein Castle. That is N E U S H. Nope, S C H W A N S T E I N Castle in Germany. That is the basis and inspiration for. Um, the Sleeping Beauty Castle in Disneyland, and, and subsequently, it's yeah, logo. it's logo. Uh, very beautiful. Also, where this movie takes place, I love that. Uh, at least the um, story version of yes. this film, yes, because yes, this yes. is all, uh, as we find out, this is all the story that Caractacus is telling his kids. I love that. I love that little tidbit. I mean, we always connect it back to Disney on this podcast. We are great at that. We so, are. so when we get to this town where this castle is. There's a, a couple of things we learned pretty quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, first off, no children. Anywhere. Yep. 
No children anywhere. Not only are there no children anywhere, but we find later that they are almost they're, scared of children. Like they're the the Baroness. So the Baron's so wife. So it's not everybody is that's scared afraid of children. Of children, not afraid of children, because I was thinking about this as like, well, is this and this is gonna sound bad. Pedophobia is the fear of children. Oh. Um, and then there's another one that's similar. That's like the fear of youth, which is like teenagers. And so it seems like that's what this Baroness had. Oh. But they specifically said that the Baroness hates children. She doesn't fear them. She hates so them. So I think she just hates kids. And so they have made kids illegal. Basically. In in this quote-unquote country, at least around this castle. There yeah. are no kids allowed. Yeah. Um, you find out later where all the kids are. Yeah, all the kids are being hidden underneath the castle. In the dungeons. In the sewers and yep. dungeons. Um, and that's where everybody has stuck their kids. That's messed you up, also, Baroness. You also, yeah, it is very messed up. You also learned that Benny Hill's in this movie. <laughs> Who's Benny Hill? You did not just ask me who Benny Hill was. I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry. Okay, but who is he, though? <laughs> oh, my gosh. Oh Should we take gosh. this offline? Are people going to get mad at Stop me? Stop the podcast. <laughs> We're done here. I'm divorcing you. No, no. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. <laughs> Uh, Benny Hill, he was a famous English comedian. He had the Benny Hill show. He's been on a bunch of stuff. But in the who's who is he in this movie? He's the toy maker. He's the toy maker. He's the toy maker. Okay. He makes all the toys for gotcha. the Baron. The the Baroness buys for the Baron. It's very weird. Yeah, real There's weird. There's a toy maker, but no kids, because he makes the toys for the sixty year old Baron. Yeah, weird. Like very, very, very weird. weird. Also, the Baroness. I'm very confused by her. Yeah. Because first off, she seems genuinely in love with the Baron. Yeah. Yeah, seemingly. She is, putting it lightly, he he married up. Yeah, for sure. He definitely married up. For sure. And it's just confusing as... As to what happened there? As to what happened Do we need a Baron and Baroness origin story? He actively, I wrote this down, he actively... Wanted to kill her. Tries to kill her. Yeah, constantly. To no avail. No. Tried dropping her down uh, a chute. Mm-hmm. She comes back, tries to get this giant's pokey thing to fall on her while she's on a table. Yep. She rolls off right before it falls. Yep. Ha- tries to have a suit of armor, chop her in half, misses. Then later it's... on gets ejected from the car, flies up into the air. Who knows? It doesn't look like it's very far at first, but then... You see her fall into the water, and it's like, oh, she was hundreds of feet in the air. Yeah, she, she was fell. airborne. Yeah, like, I, I mean, poor this poor woman. But I, d- I guess I didn't realize that either growing up, like, watching this. Like, I just assumed that the two of them hated each other. But I think you're right. I think that she she loves him, and he just wants to kill her. <laughs> Which is really so crazy. We're, we're skipping over a, a part here that kind of makes sense. The reason that the grandfather was kidnapped... Mm-hmm. Was because they believed he invented the the flying swimming car. and flying car, right? And he they the Bavarian Baron the Baron mm-hmm. wants uh, him to make him a flying car, right? So the grandpa didn't invent this; the son did. So he's yes. Like, oh. So he gets taken to where all the other scientists in the town are being held hostage to invent things for the Baron, mm-hmm. and this is where. The song comes in that might be my favorite. I was going to see if this was actually going to be your this favorite song. This song, whether it's called uh, Up From The Ashes 
or Roses of Success. Roses of Success, whatever it is. This one. I feel that I have probably sung this song to myself more times than any song ever, maybe. I think that you might be right because you I I can think of several instances right now where you just start singing it around the house. Even before we've watched this. It has been a while since we've watched this film other than today. Yeah. Um Every time I feel like I am in a tough spot, <laughs> I think of that song and like what Aww. it's about and how it's like, yeah, you may be like in a rough spot right now, but it's only going to like from the ashes grow the roses of success. Uh, like, I love I, it. It may suck right now, but it's going to make something better at some point. I love that this song has helped you through tough times. It really, ha- and I hadn't even realized that until we watched through it today. Yeah. And I was like. I sing that a lot. Yeah, you do. I sing that a lot when I'm like feeling down. Yes. I'm I'm in a rough spot or something. And it's like, wait a second. This song is what keeps me going. Yeah, I love that. So this very well may be one of the songs, like my favorite song in there. I love that. That makes me really happy. And not to mention that it is definitely an earworm. Like the Sherman Brothers are notorious for creating earworms. And that like these songs get stuck in your head so easily. But I can agree with you in terms of like, the way that it was written, all the lyrics and stuff are very uplifting. Um, and I love that that's like a, an important song for you. That's great. <laughs> and that's honestly, that's a great scene with all of the like seemingly the quote old guys that are really just like the young dancers from the first scene in old age makeup. <laughs> like, yeah, the, for sure. <laughs> the, uh, the lyric in that that I probably have said the most. And even though, I mean, I've sang the whole thing, but I say Alexander Graham, a failure... Uh, new failure well it took a lot of knocks to ring that bell I say that a lot I was like oh man alright so if the dude that invented phones and <laughs> light bulbs electricity all this stuff none of the first things they tried worked no they tried hundreds and hundreds absolutely of times. I was like I can try another time that's so that's so great I love that I love that um, so I don't know if this was before or a- I think this is after the scene that we just talked about with the grandfather and doing the car and stuff like that is where we meet the most terrifying character in the Yes, in your the arch enemy. Yeah, uh, the child the catcher. The bane of your childhood. He, I don't know what the, I, actually I do know what it is about him. He's terrifying. When I was it's little. It's the nose. It's, it's the, the nose. prosthetic nose that looks way but too it's big also, to be on a normal It's also like face. his smile He has a very creepy just presence. His entire face, the way he talks, I don't know what it is, but it's a very visceral fear that I've had since I was little. And I watched this movie and I hated him. And there's one shot that I pointed out to Dalton today where he bends down and is almost upside down looking into the window at the two kids because he wants to lure these kids out of it's, their house. It's very it reminiscent. It's a, like a reverse it. Whereas it like came up from the sewer and yeah. peeked out and saw you and you saw him. This was like the other way. It's like looking down in through a window. And it's just the it's a weird shot and I've been terrified since I was a child. Um rightfully so. But anyway, it's, it's a scary. I don't he remember ever me. being really like scared of him. I always knew that like he was scary. Yeah. But this also made me look, well, I'm never going to get into a vehicle of someone that says they have candy. <laughs> I didn't think about that, but that's so true. Like, that's so true. Let your kids watch this and be like, see this? This is what happens when you get into people's cars that say they have candy. It's so It's true. not candy. No. It's cages. No, it's a child, it's a child catcher. 
They're literal child catchers. He carried around a giant net and a hook. Yep. Like, what are you doing with Terrifying. Those? Like, what are you planning on doing? Terrifying. Terrifying. Um, so yeah, he scared me when I was a child. He scared me today when I watched him. Like, I don't think that's ever going to go away from me. Um, so one of my favorite scenes, though, happens uh, shortly after this part, and it is where they find out, okay, so background is they find out that their kids, after they have been taken by the child catcher, were taken to this castle uh, where the Baron and Baroness are. Um, and so obviously, Dick Van Dyke and Truly Scrumptious, we, I love that we keep calling him Dick Van Dyke this yeah. entire time, and Truly Scrumptious um, formulate a plan with his toy maker to like infiltrate the castle and get their kids back. Um, this is when you find out that all of the kids in the town are being held in the caves. Right. Um, he takes them to the cave and you see all the kids and they're like, uh, we don't have a lot of food. Are you going to help us? Are you here to help us? This is where you get the reprisal of Hutchabai Mountain. Which, like, which looking... again, that part can be cut out. It's true. And also, looking back as an adult, it's like kind of messed up. Kind of weird. Of... Dick Van Dyke's character for, like, these kids who are, like, going hungry and don't Here's have Here's a lullaby. Right, exactly. Feel better. Exactly. That's how it feels, is that, like, this kid is like, are you here to help us, sir? Are you going to give us money and places to live and food? And they're like, nah, but I'll sing to you. Like, But, but and Truly points that out. Truly and Benny Hill, the toy maker, they point out, and they're like, uh, I don't think they care one bit about your silly little song. They want to see the sun. They haven't exactly. seen the sun in years. Exactly. Like, uh, forget your mountains, sir. Like, get out of here. Um, so, anyway, they... I've been sleeping... You want me to go to sleep? I've been sleeping on rocks <laughs> since I was two. I'm nine. Oh, my gosh. It's true. Um, but, anyway, they find out that that's where their kids are. And so, in order to um, kind of trick the Baron and Baroness, the toy maker disguises Dick Van Dyke's character and Truly Scrumptious as, quote, toys. So they get them in makeup and costumes and stuff, and they um, are presented as almost... I mean, Caractacus Potts is presented as like a ventriloquist dummy, and then Truly Scrumptious is like a... Um, what's it called? Like a music box uh, toy, right? That she's like yes, twirling around. Yes, But I, I don't know why, even when I was little, I loved this scene. I think just the costumes are so fun, and it's such a like testament to both of their like physical uh talents especially dick van dyke's physical talents where he's like running around and pretending like he's a toy and bending at the waist and just looking i don't know it just looks really it was always really fun to watch for me i loved it um and it turned out to be a really good distraction because they come to find out they have uh, recruited all of the underground kids to help them. Yes. And scare all of the adults. Yes. And that scene where all the kids surround the child catcher. Yeah. Is like one of the best scenes where like he like runs to one side and they back up. Uh -huh. And then they finally like close in. I'm like, oh, that's a great scene. It's true. It's like redemption. It's like, yeah. yes, you get that child catcher. He's terrifying. <laughs> so... Towards the end of what we are actually soon to find out in the film is the story. Mm -hmm. uh, I just wanted to point out to all of my military brothers and sisters out there, uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang does has VTOL capabilities, um, in case you didn't know. What does uh, that mean? VTOL is vertical takeoff and landing. Okay. Or on landing and landing. Vertical takeoff and landing. Um, and it just means that you can take off like, straight off the ground and come straight down, like a helicopter. Okay, so as opposed to an airplane, as it has to, it has like, to come to in. Have to come in, yeah. Interesting. But 
we hadn't seen that capability up until that point because the other way that it learned to fly or started flying was it flew off a mountain and then the wings came out and it like glided off. Ah. So I don't know if this also has uh, the capacity to take off from ground or if it has to be either vertical takeoff or uh, thrown off a cliff essentially and glided. Uh, I just thought that was very interesting. Yeah. It's a very, very uh, capable platform. Yeah. I mean, good, again, good for Caractacus Potts for being like an insane inventor. And I don't even think that he gets credit for it because everybody thinks he's a crackpot. So. Right, right. And so <laughs> after that, they get home and that's when it cuts to them back on the beach. And you see that the Chitty Chitty Bang Bang wasn't surrounded by water, that it was all just part of the story. It was all story. a story. And I have been bamboozled. I don't know about anybody else, but I had been. Um, and then they find out, uh, that, uh, Mr. Scrumptious, oh, sorry, Lord Scrumptious, Lord Scrumptious is at their house, um, and they're waiting for them to get back, and when they get back, they realize that Lord Scrumptious is deciding to, um, make Mr. Potts a deal with his, uh, whistling candies, his toot sweets, um, and they're going to market them as dog treats, and so, uh, he's about to make a whole lot of money. And here's my issue. <clears throat> okay. So, before, when Caractacus Potts is dropping off Truly back at her house, after the beach picnic and the yep. story, yep. Uh, she's, he's dropping her off, and the kids had mentioned something about them getting married. Yeah. Which, they've known each other for, at this point, three, or no, no, no. Not even, like, because a couple days. Because the... the we don't know how long the segment of him fixing the car was. That's potentially true. it could be weeks. That's potentially. true. It it seems more like it's a couple of days. Yeah, it could be a week that all of this is taking place. So they're all the kids are already like y'all should get married and y'all known each other a week. Yeah, well, it's like a kid thing to say though. Uh, it is, but then Caractacus has to go and say something along the lines of "You have a lot of money. We shouldn't be married." That's silly. Yeah, <laughs> and so gets home. Finds out that he's going to have lots of money, and the first thought in his head is, "Well, now we can get married because I'm going to be rich too." Yeah, that is weird. I didn't notice. And he this. immediately takes off and goes find her. They they run off the road, and and it happens again. He's like, "Your father's going to give me all this money for my treats," and she's like, "I know. That's why I was coming to see you." And it's like, <laughs> "We're rich, both rich, so we can both get married now." And yeah. I, I just thought that was really weird. Yeah, I didn't notice that, but you're right. It's a weird, uh, it's a weird kind of discussion to have. That, like, that was the only thing holding them back was their money. Yeah. That's weird. That's very weird. I agree. But time, that that point in time, class was the only thing, really. Yeah, you're right. That was the currency. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I think you're right. All in all... I still love this movie. I oh think gosh. I will love it. It's still it. a fantastic movie. Yeah, I think I will love it forever. It's one of those classic movies, and honestly, anything with Dick Van Dyke in it, I have a, I'm obsessed a with. few fun facts about this film that I just yes. want to rattle off. This is off of its IMDb page. Please some do. And then uh, after that, I have a little game for us. Oh, so. fun, fun. So this was actually, the role of Truly Scrumptious was actually offered to Julie Andrews. <gasps> Oh my gosh, it would have been like a twofer with mm-hmm. Dick Van Dyke and Julie. But she declined. Excuse me. Uh, Sally Ann Howes, who replaced Julie Andrews in the Broadway company of My Fair Lady, mm-hmm. when Andrews left to go to London, uh, uh, 
because of that, she was offered the role. Because okay. she had replaced Julie Andrews, she was like, well, then she's good if she can they're replace... They're similar types. They're similar types. Yeah. So. yeah. I thought she did a fantastic job. Yeah, totally, um, totally. It would have been cool to see Julie Andrews in this. I know. Um, according to Dick Van Dyke, the director, who was Ken Hughes, who also helped write the screenplay, hated children. Really? Apparently. Um, and he would often have to remind Ken Hughes to stop cursing in front of the child stars. Because he was like, hey man, stop stop swearing in front of the kids. Aw, Dick Van Dyke. Yeah, he's a great guy. I love him. So at this point that the movie came out, Dick Van Dyke had appeared in two different Walt Disney movies. And in a press release, he said, this movie is going to out Disney Disney. <gasps> what? Scandalous. That is. Wait, so Mary Poppins and what was the other Disney movie? Um... It's a good question. It's a really good question. I feel uh, like you're going to tell me and I'm going to be like, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm going to have to go to his Does IMDb page. Does it say like the two, like, two Disney movies? It like... doesn't say which two, but I mean, Mary Poppins was obviously one. Yeah. And then... Um, I'm on his IMDb page. Uh, it's going to have to be... I mean, was the Dick Van Dyke show... Disney? Disney? No. Was the, could no. that be what it is? Uh-uh. Yeah, scroll down. Mary Poppins. I'm going to have to go, let's see. Um, I feel Mary like people Poppins. are listening to this being like like yeah, yelling like, at really, us. Y'all couldn't have looked this up beforehand. Or no, like they probably already know. Oh, yeah. And they they're yelling at us. Um, I do not see What a Way to Go, maybe. Uh, or Bye Bye Birdie. Was Bye Bye Birdie? No, Bye Disney? Bye Birdie's a musical. Um, the Art of Love. I don't know. I don't know. Weird. Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. Never yeah. a dull Just moment. Just looking back from that, I don't know what any of this is. So Go where? Oh, there's Mary That's Poppins. That's it, yeah. Weird. Okay, well, I mean, maybe we'll maybe we'll figure it out later. We'll let you know some other time. <laughs> or maybe y'all can let us know. Yeah, um, y'all, yeah y'all, that's interesting. Y'all tell us something, yeah. yeah. I know. Let us know. Talk to us on our... Uh, Social medias. We yes. have an uh, Instagram. It's the Magic Fandom Podcast. Yes, yes. Uh, please on do. Instagram. Please, is that please is do. that what it is? Uh-huh. The Magic Fandom Podcast. The Magic Fandom Podcast. All right. The, uh, the Magic. The Fandom only Fandom. one. The, like like the Ohio State. <laughs> We're not going to get into that. Real time. Um, <laughs> All right. Are you ready for this game? Yeah. Let's get into this game. Um. This is just some good old fashioned trivia. I know that uh, the last couple episodes I've done some fancier trivia games, uh, but this one I am just going to ask you. I have eight questions for you um, about this film, and okay. uh, we are going to see if you're a true fan of Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. All right. Question number one. What was Chitty Chitty Bang Bang's racing number? Oh. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't even paying attention to this part. I'm pretty sure I was in the other room during the opening sequence. <laughs> Okay, well, if you had if you had to guess, I'm gonna tell you that it's a number between one and ten. I was I, I was the only racing number that matters is number three. It is three. They learn hard. <laughs> it is three. Good wow, job. Wow, that was just a crazy shot in the dark. Good job. That's probably the most obscure question I have. The rest of them are fairly easy. Very well. I hope you all got that. If you did, congratulations. <laughs> okay, question number two. Uh, we already talked about this during the pod. So, how much was Coggins asking for the car? Thirty shillings. There you go. Very yeah, nice. Thirty shillings. Very nice. What are the names of the two children? Jane and Michael Banks. <laughs> Jane and Michael Banks. Banks. Um, uh, 
They only say it a couple times. Jemima. Good. And... Don't look. Don't look. Don't look. Jeremy. You just looked. I know. <laughs> I got He's IMDb cheating. open right in front of me. He's cheating, All you right, guys. I'll downsize this. I did not know either of those, and I probably would not have gotten them. You knew, you knew Jemima, though. No, but I saw it on there. So you cheated both times. You guys, I... <sighs> You know who'd be disappointed in you? Dick Van Dyke. Oh, man, Dick Van why Dyke you would be disappointed in you. <laughs> okay, I, but I, I was honest. I said I would not have gotten those. Okay, all right. But you played it off like you did, and you know that your wife is gullible. Okay, next question. <laughs> okay, question number four. Please spell Caractacus. Caractacus. Don't look. How dare you? Don't look. You're literally looking. Where am I looking? Where on here does it say correct? I don't know. I can't see uh, that far. C A. Uh huh. Correct. R A C T. Good. Correct. T A. Or I already said T. Uh huh. A. C. Correct. U S. Good Correct-us. job. Wow. I I tried to spell it on my own, like before I looked it up, and I got it wrong. I am hooked on phonics. <laughs> Uh, I'm hooked on phonics brand because phonics is stuck on me. Is that what it is? No, that's Band-Aids. Oh, whatever. <laughs> okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Question number five. I think we also talked about this. There were a lot of things that got brought up during our discussion, but in the back of my mind, I was like, oh, those are trivia questions. <laughs> I was, like, really angry. Um, okay. What? Okay, this is a two-part question. Two-part question. What invention does Caractacus take to the carnival? And what actually makes him the money? Uh, his automatic hair cutting machine. Correct. That is a bowl attached to a bicycle. Yeah, basically. Um, <laughs> that apparently catches people's head on fire. Yeah. Um, and he actually makes money doing the old Bamboo dance. Yes. Very nice. Very, very nice. Okay. Question number six. What was the first type of candy that the child catcher tried to lure the kids out with? What was the first thing he said? He, I mean, he said like all the candies. Mm-hmm. Chocolate, uh, toffee, buttercreams. No. <laughs> something tart. Think about, no, think about, yeah, treacle tots. <laughs> think about his voice. And he's like, all free today. Ice cream. No, he does say ice cream. Yeah. What the very, very first thing that he lo- tries Gun to lure them out with. No, so close though. Gumballs. No. I, I don't know. Lollipops. Lollipops. Yeah. Okay. Lollipops. <laughs> His voice is so creepy. His I voice hate is it. creepy. I His hate it so much. Creepy. Okay, question number seven. Oh, and that's oh. something I didn't bring up either. The music, the child catcher song mm. is far too chipper to be. Yeah, it's supposed to though. It's supposed related to, be. to what he actually is. He is a kidnapper that yeah. puts children in prisons. Yeah, basically. And he's like... Why is it that cheery? It sounds like a regal march. I think it's supposed to... Processional. Because he was supposed to be disguised as a candy shop. So that was supposed to be like the candy shop song. But you are right. It is basically the child catcher. But they do it every time they show him. It's the child catcher score, basically. Um, yeah, it is weird. It's very weird. Question number seven. We've only got two more. Question number seven. Where was Grandpa 
going at the beginning of the film and who did he have to meet? And I put quotes around going and meet because we know the grandpa's a little bit crazy. Yeah, the first so where did he was, say he was going? Was he going to Africa? Close. First? I mean, not really close, but yeah. He goes to Africa once. Yeah, but he goes what to was Alaska. The first, the he first thing that he India. said. That he goes to India goes to, to meet his uh, brigadier? No. Or his general? No. He talks about his brigadier. Maharaja? Yeah! Maharaja. He's going Ta- to India to meet with the Maharaja. Yeah. Yeah. And then later on, Dick Van Dyke's character says, Hey, Grandpa, how was India? And yes, so they, they all like yes. you kind of play along. Um, um, well, you find out that one of the stories he told was like his brigadier or whatever. He was like at the brigadier's table. He was like the right-hand man. Yeah. You actually find out at the end of the movie that uh, Lord Scrumptious was his brigadier. I know. And he was his like best man. Isn't that He's so like, funny? oh my, you Because you walk in when they get back and you see... Uh, Grandpa and uh, Lord scrumptious. scrumptious playing toy soldiers. Yeah, and they're like, "Oh, this is the thing." Like, yeah, he was my best, my, my best guy. So then everyone's like, "Okay, so maybe Grandpa wasn't Grandpa that wasn't crazy." crazy. <laughs> Grandpa was telling the truth some of this stuff. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, okay, last question. Last question. Name three songs that were reprised. That were reprised. Mm-hmm. Um, there might be more than three, but there are at least. Hush by Mountain was reprised. Yes. Uh, Chitty Chitty Bang Bang was reprised. Good. And um, what else? Let's see. Excuse me. Um, I can give you a hint if you need me to. So just let me know. Was it truly scrumptious? Yeah. yeah. Do you yeah. remember where that one was reprised? No. That one was reprised in the middle of um, the uh, the music box song where they yes, were all toys. Yes, that's right. That's right. He I started recall singing that. it. He, he was like singing. overlapping. He was singing it while she was singing the other song. Yeah. Who you know, another fun fact is she actually recorded all of that scene. She got all of her choreography done in one take. Like, all this stuff took a long time, but, and she's like, despite how difficult the choreography was and standing on that box like I had to do, yeah. she was actually able to get that all done in one take. Nice. Yeah. That's very cool. I love her. She did, she did a great job. Um, and the last bit of trivia that I have that we've actually brought up that I think this would be a good point to, uh, do you have another question? No, that's it. Oh, that was it? Good okay. job. You, you so, nailed it. Nailed it. Uh, <laughs> I did okay. There yeah. was some I could have done better on. Uh, so Dick Van Dyke actually... Uh, uh, revealed that he only accepted the role in this film on the condition that he did not have to do a British accent. <gasps> so oh. the only reason he did this was because he didn't have to do a British accent. <gasps> wow! I guess he had done he had done Mary Poppins and right. I guess got roasted for his British accent because he it still wasn't gets, that bad. It's not bad, but it's not as good as the other obviously British people. Yeah. Like, you could tell that, oh, this person is not British. I guess so. When almost every other character was. Yeah, I guess so. That's so funny. I love but that. But that just goes to show how much people love Dick Van Dyke. Because oh my gosh, he's despite not being British, all these British people wanted to do stuff with him in Britain <laughs> yeah. because he was so fun. Like, And that's something that we talked while we were watching this. Is And did we mention it already, maybe? Like, what? I can't remember if we talked about this while we were sitting watching the movie or if we've already talked about it on this podcast 
but watching him dancing, mm. you it doesn't matter who is dancing with him, you're automatically just drawn to him. Absolutely. It's the difference between, and we were talking about singing a little bit, because Sally Ann Howes is a great singer, but she sings like she's classically trained. And what I mean by that, with I don't want to sound like rude or something, but you're singing the notes exactly right. You are technically proficient and correct. Mm-hmm. You are singing each note exactly how it's written, but there's no emotion there. I agree. And with Dick Van Dyke, he may not be the best singer, but the way he's dancing and how he's singing, you believe everything. It's so much heart. He's having so much fun. Yeah, You can't not have fun watching him. Oh my gosh. And I love it. And and we talked about this while we were watching it today. I pointed it out during um, Old Bamboo when he is dancing. There's such a like, there's such a light that comes out of him when he dances. And like during the Old Bamboo scene, you see him connecting with the other dancers with him and you don't you don't have to do that as a dancer you don't it's not in the job description to connect and make eye contact with the people you're dancing with but it just makes it so much more believable when you do that it looks like oh my gosh everybody is having so much fun during this time that it's like it's it's you you can't help but smile when you watch him it's just so and I feel it I feel that way about everything that I've ever seen him in it's just one of those things absolutely so I don't know um, where we would label this episode as. I don't know if this would go under a. This could go under like a musical umbrella. I guess. I was gonna say if we wanted or a to Dick start. Van Dyke fandom. <gasps> well, I was gonna say if we wanted to start a series on movie musicals, we would have a ton. We would have a ton. So maybe this could be the start of one. I as I don't know. You know, for those of you, hopefully we've got some returning listeners. Those of you that have listened to all of our previous podcasts have now hopefully realized that we have a lot of series going on at the same time. Yeah, we're and all of this may seem random, and it pretty much is. Kind of we, is. We want to, uh, we don't want to get stuck in just doing Disney, or right. just doing uh, musicals, or just doing action films, or just doing books. We want to jump around. We jump around and, and do a whole have, bunch of different stuff. We so. have so many ideas for different series. We, we have like a cork have... board up on the wall right next to us filled yeah. with uh, postcards, not postcards, Index cards. Uh, note cards, yeah. index cards with titles of stuff that we want to talk about and yes. we want to do episodes on. And so the series that we have going right now that that have that we've released stuff through is our short-lived series series, which we talk about um, shows that have two seasons or less. And then the other series um, that we are starting that um, we have not uh, started yet is our babysitter series. Yeah, our babysitter series. That's going to be our next uh, really big one. Right. Because we started... Just watching normal stuff in our own day-to-day, we started realizing how many nanny or babysitting type shows there are. I was like, hey, why don't we... And there's a bunch of good ones. Yes, and there's so, so we're many. Like, why don't we do something on that? Totally. And so I, um, I appreciate uh, all of your patience and everything while we have multiple series going on. Because there will be some episodes like this one that might be a one-off, that might not be a part of a series yet. Or it might be... You know, we have a couple of short-lived series series, and then we don't come back to that short-lived series series for another couple episodes. And, and so... Y- y'all let us know what y'all want to hear as well. Yeah, uh, absolutely. Let us know, reach out. We also, uh, we mentioned our Instagram already. We also have a email address if you want to send us anything. That is going to be uh, magicfandompod at gmail. 
Yes, if you um, have any you questions. You can send us any questions, yeah. If uh, you have any fandoms that you want us to cover, send us an email. Suggestions, yeah. Um, um, otherwise, uh, just send us a DM on Instagram. Follow yeah, us. Yeah, talk to uh, us. Let us know. Follow us on anywhere you get your podcasts. Yes. Um, speaking of the Dick Van Dyke cinematic universe. <laughs> yes. Uh, and yeah, we actually talked about this. We could even make this the start of it could be. the Dick Van Dyke series if we wanted to. I feel like that's a little bit more niche if, when we yeah. start getting into specific people. Um, yeah. But I'm sure we will get into that, especially I feel with like directors. This, could be, this one could be categorized into our like movie musical yeah. you know, series. But Multiple it just categories. so happens. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It just so happens that the next film we are going to be talking about or, or series of films yes uh dick van dyke is also in it and i'm very excited correct. i'm very very excited so next week we will be talking about would you like to announce night at the museum i am the so excited about this films one two three it's just three right just three is it trilogy i feel like it is trilogy yeah I believe you're right. I think I think it I, I think it is only three. But Dick Van Dyke is in the first one and the third one, but the not the second one. one. I don't believe he's in the second one, no. Um this, no, he's not in the second one, but he is in the third one. And this is technically, I mean, you would you could categorize this as being like after Dick Van Dyke's like prime time. But I wanna what say What are you talking about? He's still in his prime. That's what I'm saying, is that like him in these movies, he's still incredible to me. Like I feel like he can do no wrong in my eyes. Him and Julie Andrews. It's like, yes. whatever they're in is amazing. <laughs> it's so great. So we're super excited to talk about those films. Um, so come on back next week if you are a Night at the Museum fan. Um, and if you're not, then come back anyway. Yeah, come I mean, back we anyway. May, we may give you reasons to go on and watch those movies. Yeah, totally. Um, so yeah, that just about does it here for another episode of The Magic Fandom. Uh, I have been Dalton. <laughs> I have been Alyssa. I think we are going to remain Dalton and Alyssa. I plan on, uh, well, next year I think I change my name. You're going to change it next year? Yeah. All right. Well, we'll to <laughs> Caractacus Potts. <laughs> Thank you again for listening, you guys. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week. And we will see you next time. Till next time. Bye. Bye, y'all.